Welcome to Learned Atlantic, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm George. And I'm Amanda. George and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 32 for George and season 28 for me. This is day six of season 100. First question asks us for a word for a type of artistic arrangement which is not uh, pertaining to a particular prophet, although it is a homonym of a word that does refer to that prophet. Yeah, so this one uh, didn't spring to mind for me very easily, and it took a while of going about the day, and it, it was one of those days where multiple questions were things that I felt like I had to take a while to ponder, but sometimes that can work well when you clear out your working memory about one thing by thinking about the other thing <laughs> that you're trying to figure out. Um and so I, I managed to do that with some of these. Um, uh, in particular, I had thought through, um, you know, what do I know about different uh, artistic arrangements? So we're thinking about diptych or triptych or uh, still life or just things that are kind of like formats for um, artwork of a sort. Um, although I didn't want to even rule out things so far as like, could it be a musical arrangement? Mm. But I sort of felt like, no, I think the question would specify that. That would seem to be a little too vague for mm. um, yeah, even for a, a difficult trivial league. Um, and so I then went through and thought, do I know different prophets? Like, can I distinguish between prophets and oracles? And then, you know, who can I think of like sort of biblically about like Muhammad is a prophet Jesus is seen as a prophet, like uh, kind of going through Elijah, was he, was he a prophet as well? Um, and just kind of thinking, you know, what could be, um, you know, what what names might I know that would fit into something like this? Mm -hmm. um, and finally, as we were uh, sort of coming around the final stretch of our morning walk, you know, after the bus stop, you heard me say, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was me realizing that there is the term mosaic, which, of course, is an artistic arrangement. It sounds like it's speaking of something related to Moses, who definitely was a prophet. Um, and it made me wonder to myself, is there a term um, that is spelled differently but sounds like this? I Is it M-O-S-E-I-C? I don't know. Um, you know, I never particularly had pause to think about it because mosaic I don't think of relating to Moses particularly in the mm -hmm. first place um, but in any case once I thought of it I figured oh yeah that definitely uh, has that element of, of sounding like it's describing something from Moses so I put down mosaic uh, I couldn't land on this one I I didn't really get the adjectival form mm. which I think may have I don't know, probably wouldn't have helped me any because while mosaic is the term and spelled the same, uh -huh. uh, it's not one that I have at the forefront of my brain. Sure. Uh, so I was basically just kind of reeling off names of prophets uh, and not really thinking of, oh, uh, Mohammedan versus Muhammad or mosaic versus Moses or sure. uh, know, Jesuit <laughs> rather than Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and I just couldn't come up with one that worked, so I just went with the type of artistic arrangement and thought triptych. 
Okay. Maybe there's maybe maybe that's a prophet that I just don't know about. So. Fair. I went through a lot of bouquet related words as well. And okay, none sure. Of those yeah. worked either. So. Right. Uh, the correct answer was mosaic. Yep. Uh huh. And that might be the best it gets for me today. Question two asks us to uh, essentially name uh, one of the makers of various uh, injection weight loss drugs that have made a big splash on the market recently. Uh, specifically, Ozempic Wagovi and Manjaro are the, the ones I've heard of. Right. Uh, not Zepbound, the fourth one. Uh, it tells us that one of these companies is European and one is American, mm-hmm. which didn't help me much because I couldn't really think of any drug companies that aren't one of those. <laughs> uh, I guess there's a Chinese one, Sinovac. Is that Chinese? Uh, uh, maybe, yeah, Sinovacs. But, something. Uh, yeah. but I just, I, I, I tried thinking of like all the, all the many, many commercials we've seen for these and I could hear them. I just couldn't. I don't think any of them were really, like, leaning on who makes them. Not at all, I would say. Yeah, so that's that's not like a, that's not a, not like a, an auto commercial where it's, you're always going to hear the, the maker, you know. Yeah. Nobody, nobody sells a Mustang. It's always a Ford Mustang. Right. Uh, so, but they don't really do that with drugs so much. So, I couldn't land on anything. I finally figured, well, GlaxoSmithKline. Mm. I think is still the name of a drug maker, so I'll go with that. Yeah, I uh, had a similar lack of thought process, I guess, because I really was sort of racking my brains to think, like, what logo do I see come up on these ads? Um, Because they're definitely all over the place on streaming and various services. Um, And... Honestly, I think they are almost intentionally trying to keep that low profile. Um, Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not something that helps sell anybody on anything. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I just kind of guessed Pfizer because I I vaguely thought Pfizer probably has one of these drugs um, since they have had so many blockbuster things uh, in recent years. So. That's what I put down, but it was, it kind of was just the first thing that popped into my head because nothing else recommended itself. It was Novo Nordisk or Eli Lilly. Sure. So, you know, I, you say so. <laughs> yeah. Each of those is like, yeah, okay. Those are definitely drug makers that I've heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, not ones that I would think of immediately and definitely not associated with these drugs. Nah. Question three asks us for a Christian sect founded by George Fox when he admonished them to do something at the word of the Lord, and that something became their names. Uh, I figured this had to be either Quakers or Shakers. Um, And since it was George Fox in England in the mid-17th century, I figured that would be the Quakers, um, just because I was pretty sure they were earlier, um, you know, the... Like, I, I know that Quakers had come to settle in some of the colonies and stuff pretty early on. Um, and uh, it sounded more right to me that, you know, uh, one must quake at the word of the Lord versus shake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that kind of uh, tremble at, at the word of the Lord was, seemed more in the right um, connotation to me. Uh, and I thought, you know, I 
I had the vague idea, I'm not totally certain of this, but that Shakers were Americans um, and uh, and came a little bit later, like were kind of a, a follow-on group to the Quakers. So uh, I put down Quakers. Uh, I had the same thought process, uh, pretty much identically. Quakers, Shakers, Shakers, Quakers. Quakers came first probably, so that, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And also, there are very, very few Shakers left. Right. Uh, I, I looked it up later, but I knew this, that there there's uh, just like single digits of them. Right. Uh, and Because they are both celibate and they do not proselytize, so... Yeah, <laughs> there's they're just kind of sitting there waiting for people to show up and be like, "Hey, uh, I'm yeah. I'm into this." Um, so yeah, I I went with Quakers, and that was the correct answer. Uh, question four asks us about uh, an illegal action that a major league baseball pitcher can do, and describes what it is. Uh, <laughs> pretty much as soon as I saw pitcher illegal action. I yeah. said, this is going to be a balk, right? Yeah. Okay, runners on base, pitcher comes from the plate, motion associated with the pitch, fails to make. Yeah, that's a balk. Mm-hmm. That's that's the uh, the the way, uh, the, the, the rule, like most rules in most sports, and, and especially in baseball, is designed because somebody found something that really tilted the balance. Mm. If the pitcher looks like he's about to pitch, but then wings it over to first base, they can mm-hmm. tag the guy. Uh, while he's standing off the base. Right. Uh, and and if, if you don't have that rule, then basically the, the runner has to stay on the base until they're absolutely certain that the ball is on the way to the pit, on the way to the, to the batter. And that makes it, that gives them very, gives them much less time to make it to second base after the ball gets hit and makes it uh, much easier to get people out which means the scores are much lower and nobody likes low-scoring baseball games. So right, right. That's why. The, it, it is one of what I call the, oh, this is BS rules in baseball. <laughs> when, when, you, when you get a situation like that and everybody just kind of goes, oh, this is BS, they have to, re- they have to write a rule. They have sure. to make something up. Sure. The infield fly rule, the bulk, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I knew this was bulk, and I, that is what I put in. Yeah, um, this is something that even I, as a very uh occasional or sporadic uh baseball watcher or fan has heard of and and knows about um probably because sometimes things like rule-based things stick with me a little bit better because they're part of a system that you know is is kind of uh on display in front of me and watching a sport like that uh but also you know uh, i Grew up in a time when baseball was very prominent in Detroit and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, happened to be right at the right point to learn some rules and <laughs> standards and stuff like that. And I thought, well, yeah, this is definitely a bulk. I, this is, I don't know what else you would call it. Um, and I don't know of any other, like you said, pitcher illegal action kind of thing like that. Like that's, you know, there's only so much a pitcher can do in general while out, you know, on the mound, uh, you know, pitching or preparing to pitch. So um, I figured if this isn't a balk, then it's something way more obscure than I'm going to be familiar with. Um, And so balk is what I put down. And that was correct. Yay. Question five 
is essentially a math question, unless you're a computer person, in which case you already know it. But if you know it, then you probably could have figured out the math anyway. And it mm -hmm. asks us, uh, what is the greatest value that any of the four integers in an IPv4 internet protocol address can have? Yeah, so these are the kind of thing that I've certainly seen enough of on, you know, in my journey through using computers in various ways. And so I, I kind of pieced it together through thinking through the math because it notes that um, this protocol or this standard provides two to the 32nd power uh, unique addresses in a 32-bit address space. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's way more than humans will use, I'm, I'm thinking is kind of how that works. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, gives us the dot decimal notation by which they're known. Um, and so I the greatest value that any of these can have, I I essentially just did the multiplying of two upwards enough to get to 256 and thought, yeah, that sounds right. That's, you know, I, I kind of uh, worked my way into this because I know they don't go up as high as like, like I have never seen one that goes higher than 300. I was sure of that, you know, so um, once I kind of established that and went, okay, Clearly, the 2 to the 32nd is important, so we're talking about four different um, uh, integers, so each of them can be up to a certain number, um, and it's a power of 2. So I just went up through the powers of 2 and went 256. There we go. And I was very proud of myself mm. for putting it down. You were very close, because yeah. uh, I kind of did the same. Uh, I, I figured, okay, 2 to the 32nd power... If each of those is 4, then it's 2 to the 8th power. I know 2 to the 5th is 32, so 64, 128, 256. Got it. Uh, however, as shown in the example, 127.0.0.1, one of those can be 0, yep. which means the highest it can it means there are 256 possibilities, which means the highest it can be is 255. Yeah. And that is what I said. That was correct. Yep. Ooh. Mm hmm. Um, Finally, moving right away from that, um, we are asked for the name of a type of Belgian beer made with malt and uncooked wheat, uh, uncooked wheat, and fermented with wild yeast. Yeah, I have no idea on this one. Um, mm. Beer was never my thing when I was an alcoholic, uh, so I don't know a lot about beers. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just I had absolutely no idea. I had to think, okay, what's a Belgian type of beer and i thought trappist monks make beer famously like mm -hmm. a lot of them that's kind of the thing that they're that supports their monastery in the 20th and 21st centuries so okay maybe it's a, a trappist beer or ale mm -hmm. sure i mean i uh um you know as a person who just doesn't typically drink beer full stop i don't I'm around enough people who talk about them to know a certain level of them, but it's hard to call them to mind when it's just sort of like beer, but make it Belgium sure. kind of sure. is the question. And I don't know the differentiation between these different styles. Um, and so I just, honestly, I just kind of puzzled this one out through the sound alike, like, what kind of beer adjacent word sounds like something that sounds right. Um, and eventually I ended up 
figuring my way to Shimei, uh, C-H-I-M-A-Y, which was like, I know, I'm pretty sure that's a word I've heard in conjunction with this um, type of thing. Um, and so I uh, went with that because it was the only thing that really kind of rang any bells. Um, but it was very just like, it's something with C-H-I or C-H-A and then just kind of Shimei popped in there after a while of tossing that around. Um, so that was really the best I was going to do here. Uh, it was Lambic. Sure. Which, okay. I've heard of, I but I couldn't tell you that it was this style of beer. I may have heard the word, but I would never have assigned it to beer in my mind, so... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard, I guess I've, I know that it kind of retrospectively, it makes sense with a fruity kind of flavored beer. If it's framboise, it's, then that's some French word for a fruit. I can't remember if it's uh, strawberry or raspberry, but mm -hmm. one of the two. Sure. Um, and so I, I, I did, when I saw Lambic, I was like, oh yeah, one of those, you know, fruit inflected beers mm -hmm. like that. Never was going to get there. Yeah. Oh, well. I had three. Same. Big old three on the day. Mm. Uh, at least one of them was a sports question. Mm. So I might grab that one. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's about it as far as what I got going for me. I mean, the art question, my art scored the highest. So maybe that's got a shot at getting me a few points there. So just got to hope everybody else had a tough day. Yeah. That's all we can hope for sometimes. Yep. Well, that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. Find us on Blue Sky at Learned Lag, now with all the vowels. And remember... Don't forfeit. Don't cheat. <laughs>